Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. It's corn, a big lump of knobs. It has the juice. It has the juice. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block podcast. I am your uh, co-host today, Fody Philicoris. And yes, I am obsessed with the corn song. I don't know if you've heard it. Uh, it's stuck in my head. Normally, I make something like, you know, clever, uh, crypto related. I was thinking of it's coins or it's crypto. But, you know, it's just just the, the, the corn thing. It just grabs me for whatever reason. Uh, and I've just been stuck on it uh you know in terms of stuck on it my other co-host uh the crypto yoda himself Yudu, is gallivanting somewhere in the south uh and he cannot make it today so we are lucky enough to introduce uh my other co-host today who is a, a friend of the pod uh mr nishkara nish how you doing tonight good hello everybody hello i'm doing well Fody. how you doing man i'm doing well thanks for joining man really appreciate it of um, course I love the intro, by the way. I got, I got to say, uh, I really look forward to all your singing every every week, you know, so whenever you want to throw that in again sometime during the spot, I'd love to hear it. I'm sure everyone else will, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. So so it's been like it's been like a month uh, since we've recorded, uh, you know, just due to like my honeymoon and some scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm really sure that people have been missing my singing. Because of <laughs> course, that's what they tune in for, right? Uh, Anish, so like, um, you know, Obviously, uh, you know, we've been friends for a while now. Um, you are always one of the more inquisitive people that I know. Um, and a little bit about your background. I know you're a finance bro, but, uh, you know, what, what exactly, uh, what, what do you do uh, for the listeners? Yes. Um, so I guess I should probably start with my name again. My name is Anish Kalvara. And as Fodi stated, I am fully a finance bro, um, good or bad, however you <laughs> Full like on that. bro. Yeah, yeah full on. Um what I do is I work in middle office at Barclays Investment Bank. Yep. Um, so I always have trouble explaining this to people, but essentially the, the simplest way that I can describe what I do in uh, as few words as possible is I help support the trading desks in terms of current trading and expanding their business opportunities. So okay. that's the simplest way for me to explain it. Um, if anyone ever has any questions, feel free to reach out to me on wherever the contact information will be left for this episode i'm, I'm yes. always willing to talk help at answer questions anything like that yeah and yeah thank you for this opportunity by the way man i appreciate it oh man yeah no it's 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 good to have another uh finance related person on here obviously you know i work in 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 techno and the technology aspect of finance you know I'm, there's i'm sure a certain aspect of that as well in the in the work that you do so mm -hmm. uh whereas i'm more responsible on you know helping um, banks and financial customers build applications, right? That go to support some of the things you do. I'm sure you're using some of those applications in your day to day. So, um, really, really cool to have you here. Um, you know, your, your experience with crypto is as, as you know, essentially as a retail investor, right? I mean, you're, mm -hmm. you've been, you've been along for the ride, you've been following it for a while. Um, what's, what's your current thoughts, I guess, on, on crypto? I mean, it's, it's been a, an interesting period for, someone to just start tuning in, right? You you went through a crazy bull 
uh, cycle period, and then the world kind of crumbled and crashed. What do you what do you think about all that? Yes. Um, so I originally actually got into crypto. Um, same reason as as I guess what you guys are doing, just convincing people to buy Bitcoin, buy buy different crypto, like essentially quote unquote it being the future at some point, right? Um, so I've heard about it for a few years, but yeah, I, I actually went, I guess, um, what is it? Way, way deep, right? Neck deep. I went <laughs> neck deep. Um, <laughs> I went neck deep around the bull market. Uh, one had just started. So I guess what was that last year, right? Yep. Last uh, fall. Mid to late last year. Yeah. Yep. So, um, that's really when my interest peaked. Uh, I, I found there was a lot, a lot of interesting things happening just from a technological standpoint, just from a financial standpoint, and just from like societal standpoint in terms of how it was being used. Um, so I found it very fascinating, but yeah, I guess I got in at the wrong time and everything just took a gigantic dump, right? <laughs> so you learn yeah, from your losses, man. A hundred percent. You learn from your losses. Yeah. Yeah. What I've realized is now, and I just try to learn about a lot of different tokens, right? What, what could be, I guess, um, the future or what could sustain the, the current bear market and kind of shoot up again in the bull market. Right. Yep. Um, so everything that you really read is is now is when the the money is made. You know when you can really invest in a uh, into a coin or a bunch of coins or tokens or just in general as an investment platform. Yep. Um, when you can invest when when things are low and pe- there's less interest than there was before during the bull market, that's really when you can make the most money. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I learned was invest when there's blood in the streets and it sounds like there's a lot of blood in the streets right now oh everyone's bleeding yeah it's great <laughs> uh it's it reminds me of like uh uh one of my favorite uh game of thrones i don't know if if, if anyone's ever heard of that show it's very niche very hmm. you know low you know game of uh, what game of thrones mm, right okay. yeah, google, shoot shoot a google there google search um but there's a there's a scene in the very beginning of the show um, where Ned Stark is talking to his daughter and she has a sword and he's asking her, uh, do you know how to use that? And she's like, stick them with the pointy end, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, when you're investing, buy low, sell high, right? That sounds like a great proposition. Um, but uh, no, you're, you're completely right about that. I think um, the interesting thing over the course of the past couple of weeks uh, is that, you know, if we're, we're looking at the market as a whole, market has been ranging, right? So you mm-hmm. see... Bitcoin has been between 22 and 18, basically ad infinitum, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's been going this way for a while. And I, I remember you you texted me last week and you're like, "Wow, Bitcoin broke eight, uh, 18, right?" <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that, right? It's currently sitting at 22,000 uh, uh, and change, right? So it's it's up roughly 10% in the last week. Um, you see, even Ethereum up almost two percent in the last week. Um, you know, some of the, some of the other, um, big coins out there, Solana's up 11%. So, um, we're seeing, uh, a resurgence with the market and not surprisingly moving with, uh, the general equity markets as well. Right. We've seen a couple strong days, um, uh, coming, um, you know, uh, in, in consecutive days, uh, leading up into the end of last week, uh, with the equities market and surprise, surprise crypto has followed. Right. So, <laughs> That's what uh, they say, right? It's always supposed to fall nowadays. Like all asset classes are essentially merging into one. That's right. Yes. And we are all merging into the same hive mind, essentially. Um, but Feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, n- n- now, I guess the interesting thing is, y- you know, you ask yourself, okay, well, why? Why is that the case? And I think what we're 
um, at least early indications are coming out um, that, you know, obviously CPI index is going to be released tomorrow. So we're recording today, Monday, September 12th. Um, tomorrow, uh, they are going to be officially releasing the CPI, which is, of course, uh, con the consumer price index, right? It's what's been driving the market extensively over the course of the past six months, the inflation thing, right? And it sounds like, at least from early uh, results, they're expecting it to come in lower than expected. Did so, you hear the figures? Uh, I heard it was like 8.1 possibly they were saying, right? I, I think they were, they were estimating it to come in at 8.1, which will obviously be lower than last month. But I'm that's hearing that it will be even lower than that. Um, really? Yes. So if that's the case, you're going to have a busy day at work tomorrow, my friend. There's going <laughs> to be some volume on the market. <laughs> uh but as you guys know, right, and that's that's this is kind of another cliche in in not only traditional investing but also in crypto, right? You want to um, uh, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? So um, a lot of this stuff gets priced into the market. It creeps a couple of days before, but uh, uh, thoughts and comments on 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 how the CPI kind of drives some of this stuff. I guess just as a, like a as like you know a, a traditional retail investor yourself, like do you do you look at generally the price of things and does that affect how you invest um so as a retail investor right if i was speaking from from my own perspective then yes price does matter to me right i, I try to identify targets as to what i can purchase or a range uh of a price that i can purchase like particular coins in right um and if it matches the price then i'll try to dca into it if, if not then i'll try to hold off right there's a lot of uncertainty as you said right now uh, with the CPI, right? But that actually leads me to a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, Ooh, obviously, we don't I have- I never get questions. <laughs> I'm interested in questions, yes. I'm, I'm here to change the game. Sorry, uh, sorry, Yedu. Um, <laughs> so do you think that the um, the new CPI or the, the Fed rate hike, right? Everyone's anticipating a hike uh, from what I'm hearing of about half to 0.75 bips, right? Do you think yep. that's currently priced in? Now, obviously, this is an open-ended question because no one really knows the answer to that. But like we're seeing Bitcoin go up 10%, right? Ethereum was breaking 17, going close to 18. Um, obviously, that um, there's this other news on the horizon for some of those coins, right, which we can get into later. Yeah. But just, just from a, I feel like the Fed has had a major driving factor in terms of how the market is going, right? And I know the Fed knows this, right, with their policies. Um but just seeing some of these prices is quite surprising to me. Like Bitcoin at 22, possibly going to push 23. Yeah. Um, Ethereum pushing possibly 18, 19. Right. So like, what do you think from that aspect? Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a good question. I think, I think there's like a, the, like the, the facet of like leading and lagging indicators. Mm -hmm. Right. So for example, uh, my belief is that the, the Fed rate high uh, hikes, that have been proposed have basically been priced into the market for like the next six months or so mm -hmm. into the future. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but then when, when there's news of the fed hike, right. You'll see some volatility uh, in the market on that day. And people are like, well, obviously the reason why that's the case is because, you know, the rates were hiked. Well, no, actually, no, that's, that's just kind of human psychology. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and we associate it. Now, it does have an effect, certainly. Right. But when you look 
traditionally at like how bear markets have gone. They've they've and we've talked about this a little bit kind of off pod. Mm-hmm. Um, they they typically come in like three different cycles, right? You have like a phase one, phase two, and phase three. And if we're to believe that we're in phase one and phase two, you typically see between you know like ten to twenty percent, sometimes up to forty percent loss in value of assets in phase one, then phase two, you have this little renaissance, right? I think, what, what, what'd you call it again? What was it like the, uh, the, uh, the, the bear market rally, bear market rallies, yeah. right? The bear market rallies, right. Occur like, you know, t- typically in phase two and then phase three, just everyone is just gets murdered, right? <laughs> like traditionally, at least if you look yeah, at, yeah, if you look at like the last bear markets and again, you know, there, there hasn't been a bear market yet for crypto. Um, but if, if we're to believe that crypto does follow traditional equity markets, um, like it has been at least for the, you know, the past, you know, year or so, um, then, you know, um, you know, we're, we're to believe that there's more pain to come. Right. So I think that the, the fed rate hikes get priced into the market for an extended period of time into the future. So we're actually now realizing with current day prices, what happened, you know, three to six months ago, a couple quarters in advance. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, you know, when those Fed rate hikes hit or when uh, meeting minutes from the Fed are are more hawkish um, or if they're more dovish or what or what have you, it has a minute effect on the market. um, And then it immediately reverts back to like whatever the equilibrium is based on that that that, uh, you know, the current rate, Mm -hmm. right, the funding rate. So. That's a long-winded response. It's saying, I think it has an effect. I just don't mm-hmm. think it has the effect that people think it does. Yeah, so I I would actually agree with you there, right? But um, I guess how much of it do you think is a difference of reality versus expectations in, in that movement, right? And um, I did have another question that I wanted to ask you because you said something very interesting before, right? But this is something I feel like is just going to follow the flow of the conversation as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like you're saying six months in advance, right? Mm-hmm. What is that going to be? One to two more rate hikes possibly, right? Yeah. That's Keep- what they're, they're saying. They're saying now, and, and no one can predict, you know, what, uh, you know, what, the what the Gens will do and, and what Jerome will do over there. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're, they're basically saying that they're hoping to start tapering off the hikes sometime in 2023. That's what I heard. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so if, if, I guess if, um, like, what I'm hearing for the number for the rate hike possibly uh, for this coming week, right? I think it was it's this week, end of this week, maybe early next week, right? Mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. saying like half half a percentage point, right? If that were to go to 75 bips or let's even say like 100 bips, the market's probably going to tank, right? Again, no crystal ball here. We're just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. seeing from historically, right? So yep. I guess does some of it have to do with expectations? I guess everyone just expecting this is what the number is going to be. And then, oh, this hits the number, then okay, we're set. Or this yeah. is what we expect it to happen. No, this is a different from from that expectation. Now we're going to go up or down depending on. Yeah, that. I mean, it's it, it's definitely an expect. Like I said, I think that's like a facet of the psychology of the market type thing, mm-hmm. right? Where where if they expect, it's almost like the Wall Street thing, right? When you're mm-hmm. like when you're reporting, uh, when you're waiting for like earnings reports that come out, right? And in the beginning of this like bear market cycle, a company could crush and they could beat their guidance of what they did in revenue and all that stuff, but they don't hit a certain couple metrics. They get creamed. Right. Mm -hmm. And then 
uh, we're months into this crazy, unprecedented inflation. Um, and you know, the company, uh, the same company can go and release the same type of performance in a later quarter and not still not hit a couple key metrics, but because it's better than what people expected, suddenly it has a spike <laughs> on the price. Right. So it's just like one of those things, man, where it's like, you know, it has an effect. Like if, if the, if the whispers on the street, um, are that, you know, the fed rate hike was going to be 75 bips or 75 basis points. And then it, and then it actually comes out that they say, Oh, we're only going to do a, a half a point. Right. That's going to have a positive effect in the market, but I don't think it will be long lived. I think it'll be short lived and then we'll revert back to the normal kind of crab like structure that we have right now, which is just ranging between certain prices or possibly dropping more. Right. And I guess this brings me into the the other question that I wanted to ask you, which um, I found very interesting that you said um, where you said you don't think the crypto market is in a bear market right now. Mm -mm. Did I hear you correct? No. Well, crypto, the crypto market's in a bear for sure. I mean, um, the, the, the bear basically, yeah, it basically was confirmed, I guess, back in like, you know, February, or, mm -hmm. you know, January, February, but the structure of the bear is like a crab. Um, uh, it's a crab like market, which for listeners that don't know what that is, it, it basically is just ranging within the same range, right? Accumulation phase, right? That's what yeah. It's an, accum it's an, it's an accumulation phase, right? It just keeps going up and down. I think, we saw some like craziness when like, you know, one of the top 10 cryptos like disappeared overnight, right? With Luna, <laughs> yeah. uh, that had an adverse effect on Literally how it would happen too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a little bit of, you know, corruption going on there. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, other than that, I think um, generally, if you look, if you go back and look at what the price of Bitcoin was even back then, I mean, it might've been like 24 where mm -hmm. we were at 22 now, we're going to crack 23 again. Right. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I think when the actual market does tank, you guys will know, right? Uh, it will be news. It will be on CBS at night when you're watching your television, if you still do that, or it'll be on your TikToks or your YouTubes or one of those tw tweeter apps, right? Like it'll be everywhere. Um, but I don't see anything currently with, especially with the financial engineering that's being done in the market that uh calls for like a drastic drop right so uh, you think you think all the the price action downwards is already priced in is that, is that what you're essentially saying for, for every everything that happened three to six months ago i think is priced in and okay. i think everything that happens to you know it, you know that's happening today will affect basically how we look in q1 of next year that's what okay. i think i mean okay. uh, not financial advice people I'm obligated to say that at least once or they, or you who comes and slaps me with a freaking hot poker rod. Um, but that's, that's basically my understanding of, of, of like, you know, or my view of the market right now. So. Got it. Okay. So um, now I'm looking for financial advice, right? Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Buy so Dogecoin. Yes. That's always my advice. Yeah. But I guess then, because th this is two perspectives that I, that I've been hearing quite a bit over these last few months. Mm -hmm. um, over the, the crypto market, right? One is that the bottom is essentially in, mm -hmm. right? We've, like you said, we've priced in all of the, the possible events, right? Bar any like black swan events, like Taiwan taking over, I mean, uh, China taking over Taiwan, the energy crisis blowing up, no pun intended. Yep. Um, 
just etc like like massive events that could affect the whole world right yeah people are saying that outside of that we're probably near or at the bottom now right otherwise the other argument that i'm hearing is with the rate hikes continuously happening we're bound to hit a recession sometime like late this year maybe early next year maybe even mid next year right so where do you think we are in the market and where do you think we proceed from here Oh man, this is this is this is the first podcast back, and we're just very cheery. Mm. We have a very positive outlook back. Mm, no, yeah, uh, to be cheery. <laughs> um, where do we? Where do I think we are? Well, I think that the uh, I think that the 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 confusing uh, piece of the puzzle, the delta, right, mm-hmm. is China, basically, um, because like. The Ukraine war has been priced in, mm-hmm. right? Um, what about the impending energy crisis from that? I guess that yeah, that wasn't necessarily that that'll that'll affect that'll affect European markets and subsequently mm-hmm. uh, U.S. markets. But like, by the way, what's going on over there? Absolutely hilarious. The, the Russians are getting freaking worked up and down on on the border. Um, that's crazy. Uh, wow. in, in in Donbass. So you know, Putin now wants to. Th- that's why this stuff is a full time job. <laughs> like if like if you actually want to be a day trader and you're like trading like forex or like you know you're you're like you know trading commodities and stuff like that and uh you know everything like everything's about everything everything is everything right <laughs> um like you you have to watch this stuff day, day by day because now you know three to six, three months ago when this when this thing's you know like was was getting kicked off or or whatever um you know, it was it was un incomprehensible that Putin would ever ask for peace, uh, yeah, kind of meetings, and now he's requesting that. Right? Is from, he really? I didn't catch that. He's he is. That's 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 what's being rumored, right? That he's wow. that he's he's requesting uh, to to hold peace talks with Zelensky. So it's like, who knows, man? Like that could happen. That could have a boon in the market. They could slowly lift sanctions. They retreat from the Ukraine and then Europe's like, oh, you know what? I don't mind Russian gas again. We'll turn it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's it's like one of those things. Right. So it could ha- it could certainly have an impact. It will have an impact. Um, but the, the bigger and scarier thing is what's going on in China um, with their, um, you know, perceived recession and how. Um, you know, they're they're defaulting all over the place. Um, they're having a. a crisis when it comes to their, um, you know, real estate related markets. So, you know, a, uh, a Chinese government like that, are they more aggressive? Does it accelerate their plans to take over Taiwan? Do we have multiple wars that are going on in the world at the same time? If that shit happens, then, you know, hold on to your hats, right? Then, you know, everything's going to dump again. So it's like really impossible to say like, do I think the bottom's in? No, I don't. I personally don't think the bottom's in, right? Um, I think I think we'll go lower. But I also think that there's been so much um, financial engineering. If you look at like some of the macro stuff right now, it's really strange because mm-hmm. like inflation's the highest it's ever been, but we have like some of the best job numbers that we've ever seen here in the U.S. Right. So I have a theory on that part. Okay. Okay. Let's. Um, I'm gonna put my tin hat on. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Now I am by no means. Oh, maybe I am. Maybe I'm a cynic. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm a cynic. Maybe I'm a uh, what do you call it? A uh, conspiracy theorist, right? Yeah. Or maybe this is just how I see things. But essentially, 
what I'm seeing is with the election coming in November, right? Gas is starting to drop, right? And I'm not sure if you saw the notification a short while back, like I think a, a day or two ago, but the um, oil reserves that the U.S. is sitting on is the lowest it's been since 1984, mm. right? So if you look at how much oil we've actually like tapped into our reserves from 1984 onwards, we've used a small amount for like big events, right? Like I can try to um, find that chart for you and send it, right? Like the one was like a war with like two or three other big events and we like barely touched the reserves, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're at the lowest since 1984. Big reason is because of the, the war going on, right? We're having trouble sourcing oil um, yep. with the Russia-Ukraine war, right? Yep. So that's one thing. Um, that's only a piece of CPI, though. I right? forgot where I was going with this. Yeah, that's that's only a piece of CPI. Listen, it, it, you're, you you wouldn't be on this podcast if you didn't forget <laughs> half the shit you were saying in the middle. That's that's a requirement, actually, uh, to to come on here. No, um, yeah, that that's a piece of it, though, right? Like um, the you you're, you're talking about the election, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, okay, now I remember. So that right, I'll I'll make this quick. So with the gas, the job numbers are being skewed. If you looked at like actually looked at the numbers that were being um, changed. I, I remember looking at one job report a few months ago, there was a drastic uptick in government jobs, right? Essentially, what I'm trying to say is I think the government and the higher powers that be are trying to skew things for November, right? To put themselves in a better light, whether you think of any, any side of the aisle, left, right, middle, right, whatever. Um, I think after November, things are going to get very tricky because yeah, the house of cards might collapse at that point. It's you have no oil, the job, you can't really lie about jobs so much at that point. Like you can only do that so much. And those are some of the bigger ones, like bigger factors that are going to play into how our economy is going, in my opinion. I mean, the, we'll, we'll get into some news about how like, you know, and, and, and it's been widely reported, at least in the crypto industry that, you know, the job market has been screeching to a halt a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think what we've seen, um, at least you know, like, you know, like, within kind of what I've seen in, in, in greater tech, right. Cause I work in, in tech, mm-hmm. um, is that the job, like the, the, the postings for jobs have slowed down, right. Or, or they've remained the same, but that doesn't mean that people aren't hiring. It just mm-hmm. depends on your industry. Right. So I think what, what we've seen over the course of the last 10 years here in, in the, in the U S um, is that people have, transferred a lot of skills into uh more highly skilled working positions sorry coal miners that are listening to this um but um the like coal miner audience that's fantastic honestly and we have an audience everywhere my friend yeah world famous and uh, yes uh but but (laughs) no but um seriously like um there certainly has been a lot of government related jobs now the other side of the coin could be like "Mm, maybe the sanctions are actually working uh on what's going on um in uh russia or maybe they negotiated uh with opec to start producing more oil which they did right to export to to the u.s um so there's there's a number of contributing factors there but you could certainly be right right like they could be artificially manipulating um the the, those job numbers that's not to say that um things won't get bad but they won't get bad that fast Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's been so much money dumped into the market and you have so much private equity that's funding a lot of like companies and corporations um, that, you know, it, it like we've seen a lot of the pain already. Right. You've seen like these some of the big tech companies that have been slashing and laying off. 
and that'll continue to happen. Um, but you see, uh, with, you know, on the other side of, uh, on the other side of the, the road there that companies are just waiting and saying, Oh, you got laid off. We'll take you come mm-hmm. on over here. Right. So, um, yeah, be interesting to kind of see how that, that impact impacts the greater market. But generally my response is I have no idea. Yeah. No one ever does, man. People come That's... here for Yoda's advice, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> you, you... You got the wrong guy to ask these. No, you I'm just put too much pressure on me just now. I, I, can't, I can't do that. You I'm not giving financial advice either. That. Please just know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I guess we'll see how that goes. Um, what we always kind of tell people is don't try and catch a falling knife, right? Mm-hmm. So if you believe in projects, if you believe in asset classes, um, if you believe in buying properties, if you're a real estate, uh, you know, investor and stuff like that, like there are always inequities and opportunities in the markets. And, you know, even in unprecedented times like this, there, it, there are as well, right? Like you said, this is, this is kind of where people get rich. Mm-hmm. Um, in a perfect example is in the real estate markets. Um, cause I also do some real estate investment. Um, you know, you have people that are saying, well, you know, rates are high and the prices are still high. So why would I buy? Well, the answer is that you can buy some really high level properties right now because the uh, competition isn't as fierce as it was, you know, even four or five months ago. Right. Now, I have a question there because yeah. I'm not really in the, the real estate game. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're saying there's no competition there, yep. um, how much does that offset with how much more of a premium you're paying? one in the increased rates and two when there's the overall market price because i'm hearing like some of these houses are going substantially over the asking price yeah but that's that's like not happening anymore okay right? yeah like was, that's okay. that's like i think the the funding rates um haven't been that dramatically impacted by um you know the the, the fed rate hikes they have a they have an effect on on you know funding rates but uh retail funding rates but you know it's not the same as uh as like commercial rates and stuff like that really i thought it always had to follow plus a little bit no no it doesn't it, it doesn't exactly flow that way um so it's kind of up to their discretion and how like the how the um the fed the fed more uh uh rate kind of moves they generally move in that direction but not mm-hmm. at the same uh not at the same like you know bips um but what i would say is and this is the same for crypto it's the same for you know, you name it, right? Um, any type of asset class you want to invest in, it's all a calculation, right? Mm-hmm. So if you look at a property, even if, if you think it's overpriced um, and depending on how you want to use it and how you want to use that asset class, you think it's going to appreciate over time, you're not getting as much competition to purchase that type of property. You know, if, if that's within your strategy, you know, you, you adjust your margins and you freaking let loose, mm-hmm. right? Scared money don't make no money, as they say. <laughs> Amen. 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 Um, okay. So that was an interesting uh, a kind of 30-minute uh, intro uh, for our wow. first topic. Was we that 30 it. minutes? Wow. Okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> uh, should, we, should we shift into some news? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk about some news. Okay. So the first thing, because uh, it has been a month. Uh, I wasn't going to go back and uh, retroactively pull up all the news, but let's talk about at least some of the news that's been hitting in September thus far. Um, first of which is the Helium Network. Now, Anish, are you familiar with Helium? It's one of my personal favorite uh, projects that are out there. Um, I don't 
have as, as much of an understanding as you, but I have heard of who they are and what they do. Like I have a general understanding. Yeah. So helium, helium basically as a refresher for some of the listeners is essentially this uh, network. It's a, a, a grid of medium range wireless hotspots, right? So what they're providing is you put this helium miner in your house, it piggybacks on top of your Wi-Fi that you have and you provide another uh, node, a, a mesh within their network to provide a low cost um, Wi-Fi, right? Which is on the Helium Phi uh, network, right? The long Phi network that they have. Um, and I just thought in terms of like, you know, w- living in a world where utility is like so hard to come by mm-hmm. um, because most of these things are just stores of value, right? You know, it's like Bitcoin and then you have Ethereum, which is basically, you know, doing everything else. Um, there hasn't been a lot of mass adoption, um, but Helium is like a great example of something that's super cool. Um, it actually is providing a service for people and it's based on blockchain technology and, and crypto. And what they are proposing after a, um, you know, a recent funding that they, that they received in March, um, that they actually want to move their proprietary helium network onto Solana, right? Which is a, another layer one, uh, blockchain technology that's out there. So, I found this to be really interesting news, right? Um, reason being is because is this an example of, um, you know, like the consolidation of technologies in a bear market, right? Mm. It's like, you know, you know, you work in banking, I work in finance, right? Like, do people want to invest all that R and D time in building their own proprietary things? Or can they just use public things that are out there, open source things that are out there that do what they want better, right? Um, and that's that's uh, what I found really interesting about um, the Helium uh, potential uh, moving to Solana. Yeah, I mean, I guess to answer that question, right? If you're a massive company, like Solana has a massive financial backing, right? Like investment bankings have a massive financial... FTX! Yeah, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, it's probably easier for them to not have to waste time because what's that quote that they say? Time is money, right? Yeah. So yeah, to not have to waste your time in R&D testing what works, what doesn't work amongst all like the the rules and regulations or lack thereof, right? Yeah, it makes more sense to just buy the technology at a discounted price. Like that's what FTX was trying to do with um, BlockFi too, right? I think they I'm did. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it fully went through or what, what yeah. the case was, right? But like, yeah, essentially it's just, Everyone just trying to buy successful models or ideas or property at a discount. Like that's just how capitalism is essentially created in a sense, right? Like you even saw this in the 2008, 2009 financial crisis, like some of the biggest banks getting eaten up by some of the not as big banks, but people who have that financial power or backing or capital. And it's just, it's part of our nature. So yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to see right now. Helium's not a level, like a layer one chain, right? I just want to make sure. Like, is it one layer um, one chain moving to another layer one chain? Or it, it's, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you would classify them. I guess they'd be a layer zero. I'm like layer zero. I mean, okay. they, they're, they're, they're not built for other things to go on their chain. Yeah. Right? That's, so, that's where I was confused because it says they're moving all their technology over to Solana because it's going to be more efficient. Right. So, yeah, so they have they have something called the proof of coverage, right? Mm-hmm. So you you hear proof of stake, proof of work, all this stuff, but what they actually do is 
they have like an algorithm in place that ensures that your Wi-Fi hotspot that you've configured or that you set up is actually located where you claim it to be. Right. And if it is, and a certain percentage of people that are using the service are within your area, your region, you have a higher percentage of solving that algorithm and actually getting, getting rewarded for it. Right. So I don't really know how you would classify that thing, but, um, is it saying something about Solana though? Solana here to say? I think I think I mean Solana's got so much money behind it, yeah, man. man. It's crazy. But is that the problem? Because like I guess this is the the counter argument, right? Playing devil's right. advocate here, like Solana has the the power, the money, the resources in terms of people and capital, right? Mm-hmm. But is it too much? Is it too? Is it? Are there too many people involved who are involved with like the banking industry and whatnot, where it's now just becoming another one of those things rather than? a layer one blockchain. Oh, I'm the wrong person to ask about that. If you want the like the really uh crypto is for the people perspective, that's <laughs> that's also you do on that. I 100% believe that the best way to get towards like, you know, commercial uh I'm uh, you know, mass adoption of uh, blockchain technology and 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 the crypto market is to lean into the financial uh traditional types of markets Agreed. right so um leveraging you, all that because you, like, how else would it work well i'm listen if, if you ask me what projects i believe in they're the ones that are backed by sam bankman fried right the guy okay who, that's the, guy who, the guy who runs ftx um so uh, if you're going to ask me like, oh, Solana's down every other week. Yeah, okay. Solana's down every other week. It also has, you know, the one of the powerhouses in crypto, um, you know, behind it, right, in, in SBF. So I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that technology has a lot of investment. It'll only get better. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see some, uh, you know, they're already second in the NFT market, right? They have a lot of other stuff that's being built on top of it. They are kind of the second fastest um, blockchain that's out there, right? Um, it's like between Solana and Avax, right? Mm-hmm. That are that are super fast um, and cheap to transact on. Mm-hmm. And you got SBF back there. So no, I don't think Solana's <laughs> going anywhere. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so um, another, I guess, question that I had um, yep. based on what you said. You said mass adoption, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think it's going to take for crypto and its technology to undergo mass adoption? Because I don't think it's there yet. I don't think it's nearly there yet, right? No. There's, there's a lot more to go. Um, my personal opinion is that it's going to happen from a top-down approach, right? Like nothing in life really gets implemented until the big money makers start adopting it and realize yep. that they can make money from it, right? So like the financial institutions, some of the Fortune 5, 10 companies, like, some of these larger, larger players that have a hand in everything that they do for us, once they adopt it and they start rolling it out to people, that's the only way that like like Aunt Sally and John Doe and everything are really going to understand what's fully going on, right? Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think crypto is too hard to use right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of use cases outside of just like payments, right? Okay. Like store value and payments, payment related stuff. I don't okay. think there's a ton of use cases. I think there needs to be actual more use cases. I think it needs to be user friendly for Aunt Sally and Uncle Joe, right? <laughs> to to pop in to an app and to do. And we're seeing some of that, right? With Stripe and and some of the like the apps out there that allow you to pay, you know, 
online re- retailers and stuff like that in crypto, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like you see the recent news, I 100% agree with you. And I think um, there was like some recent news that came out again, and we we kind of report, reported on this, commented on it. We didn't really report. We didn't get the scoop, but we commented <laughs> on it a couple like uh, like a couple months back, I think. Um, about BlackRock and how they're they're like partnering with Coinbase and Coin, mm-hmm. Coinbase was up like 20, 25% in a day or something like that. Why mm-hmm. the hell did that happen? BlackRock just announced partnership, I think, as well with with Kraken, right? Which is another huge exchange out there. So when you get these huge fund managers and um, or you get like, you know, like some of the sovereign wealth funds in the world, like the Saudis mm-hmm. or some shit like that, they start allocating 1% of their portfolio to crypto. Like that's when dollars. that's when you see crazy shit happen. Yeah. I think personally, I agree. Yeah, just yeah. with the BlackRock stuff though, like I heard they were using those companies more so for allowing Bitcoin trading, yeah, rather than really like a partnership of that guy. Like it's it's not so much that they believe in Bitcoin and like okay, yeah, we want to invest in this. It's more so that I mean, BlackRock they have their hand in literally everything financial, right? So. There's a way for them to make money. They know that people want to trade Bitcoin, and of course they're going to do the same thing. So like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the fact that oh, BlackRock is into it. Like, okay, yeah, now we're set. It's not that they're into it. It's just that it's it's a vehicle for more people to invest. That I agree. Right? With, so yeah. BlackRock doesn't want to offer that unless their institutional clients and and mm-hmm. like some of their large funds want to allocate into those asset classes. Agreed. Yep. Right. So I think what they're offering is like the spot index, right? For mm-hmm. for Bitcoin. Um, um, not the spot. The I think the futures ETF or something like that that they're they're, they're offering. But still, they're trying man, to do spot trading though. They're they're trying to do spot trading. Do. They're trying to get that through. That's got to get through regulation and stuff like that. But I mean, yeah, it just having just having the door open for for uh, for all those uh, clients that they have, I think is is huge, right? So, wow, the future. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, kind of some of the. Uh, you know, I guess one of the more uh, controversial uh, coins out there. But have you heard about this um, digital dollar project? I've heard a lot about the USD stablecoin um, that the Fed has been trying to work on. Yeah. So I didn't know how, I guess, how much work was actually being done for it to happen. I'm not surprised that there is work being done. Um, But yeah, like, this is going to be interesting, honestly. I'm very, I'm very interested to see how it's going to play out. But you, you can go ahead and give a little. Well, yeah, the, the little kind of intro to that is, yeah, the Digital Dollar Project. If you guys are unfamiliar, is a is a nonprofit that's out there that's trying to, um, you know, spearhead discussions around the, the U.S. dollar, right? So, uh, the digital U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. right? So what they did is they they released like the Sandbox program, which basically invited in a couple of different. Uh, partners and those partners um, are going to start exploring the technical impl- implementations around a CBDC or a central bank digital currency, aka the digital dollar. Right. So um, one of the really interesting things and uh, a much maligned technology, at least on this podcast, is is <laughs> Ripple. Right. XRP, um, which like XRP army out there um, still holding on for dear life with the lawsuit that they got going on. Um, but a really interesting piece of news. I guess that's why uh, Ripple is up 5% today, um, that they have been chosen as one of the partners in the Sandbox program for, uh, for you know, the Digital Dollar Project. So um, they're trying to, uh, try, trying to kick this off, trying to get it off the ground, right? And uh, maybe we'll, we will see a future 
where walking around with cash is no longer a thing. I mean, it's barely a thing anymore as it is, mm-hmm. right? But uh, um, you know, to, to actually have the Fed be able to print money by just pushing a couple buttons now. Uh, sounds so sounds, dangerous. Yeah, it sounds really, <laughs> sounds really so fascinating. So. Wait, you know what's interesting about that, though, is that um, India is, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if push the push the deadline down or like back on this, but India is going to have their own central um, bank currency, like their digital currency, end of this year. Mm. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, right? And I'm not sure like how familiar you are with what's going on with crypto in India, but they're outlawing everything crypto related there, right? So like Matic is based out of India, right? Their founders are Indian, so they're having some trouble with how to navigate through this whole thing, but. India is basically being like, look, no crypto. We're going to have our own digital currency kind of thing. And um, that might be like the first use case or like in terms of how this is going to play out. So maybe they're just waiting to see that actually implemented and what like the problems. and. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is this is like, you know, if, if you listen to like the the lunatics that like love XRP, uh, I'm, I mean, the, the legitimate, legitimate, <laughs> brilliant minds over there. It's it's all about like cross border cross border payments right they're mm-hmm. they're included in the new iso standard right um iso 20222 i think it is um and you know there there are potential right for settlements across different borders at very low transaction fees and that's kind of always what they've been mooted as oh by the way the ripple network has nothing to do with xrp right um it is just a potential um, currency governance token for that network, but it's not a requirement, right? So, um, it's always interesting to kind of see like how these things like are marketed and how they, you know, what the actual technical implementation is. Um, but you know, XRP was one of those was, was the flavor of the month four years ago or Mm -hmm. five years ago, whenever I originally got into crypto. So, um, interesting to see now that they had, that they have kind of, uh, you know, one of the main use cases that they touted to be um, actually kind of coming a little bit to fruition in the sandbox program is really scary because that means that a lot of these uh, influencers and stuff like that that are pushing XRP super hard uh, would be right. And then I will have to go and drown <laughs> a, a sack of puppies. No, I would never do that, PETA. I would never do that. Never. Um, no, not now while I'm on, on my no. Not, um, not definitely not when you're on mic. Yeah, you know, I would, I would definitely. I wouldn't stop stand for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so that's that's interesting going on with XRP. Um, I heard they might win their lawsuit. Actually, they're saying that yeah. the, the lawsuit is looking good for them. Yeah, but like, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I, I don't doubt that. It's yeah. just strange to me though how XRP is essentially fighting like a branch of the government. And then they're now working with this digital dollar project, right? Like I was trying to look into like who this digital dollar project is. Cause like, how can you be fighting the government saying like, no, you're not supposed to be traded, but also be involved in the future of how the government is going to issue their dollars in the economy. So like, that was just like a weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the government actually cares. I just think that they want to slap heavy fines on everyone. Right. So you don't like, think they care for a digital currency or they care for Ripple well, or like what do you mean? Well, no, I, I, specifically about Ripple. And okay. XRP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they're like, oh, you're a security. So we need to, you know, the SEC actually needs to govern it and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> Instead of being like a commodity. Right. Which is like kind of how they ruled Bitcoin to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, it's a, it's a losing battle for, for them. It's a silly lawsuit, but as government lawsuits go up to the highest courts in this country, they take a shitload of time. So I, I wouldn't doubt that they come out on, on, on top. Um, but they missed the chance for the crazy yeah. uh, bull market. Right. So mm-hmm. they're going to have, they're, they're going to have to wait a, a couple, couple more years before, you know, dreams of a $10 XRP are, uh, you know, could ever come to fruition right now. Currently they're trading at 35 cents. So <laughs> yeah, I think I bought them originally back in the day at like uh 95 cents. Not financial advice though. Not financial. That's what I bought them at. Yeah. Okay. Don't be dumb like me. Yeah. Don't be uh, <laughs> let's move on to some other news yes. here briefly. Um, talking about, uh, crypto.com. So crypto.com, if you're unaware, is Singapore based, uh, ex- crypto exchange, um, that kind of has been marketing the hell out of themselves all over the place. Um, you know, going up with, uh, SBF, um, you know, he got a, uh, an NBA sports arena named after his company. They had to go and get the, what was formerly called the Staples center, uh, in, in their name. And then they stepped up to the plate and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a $500 million, uh, champions league sponsorship. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar, champion, uh, Champions League, uh, at least for our American listeners, is a soccer tournament that's being held every year in Europe, right? One of the largest in the world. Um, and um, they were mooted as uh, to be one of the, um, the big sponsors. And then uh, recently news came out uh, that they pulled out of their five-year sponsorship deal uh, worth $500 million. So as a, as a fellow soccer fan, Anish... <laughs> Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on um, uh, crypto.com kind of pulling out of uh, Champions League? Well, as a fellow soccer fan, <laughs> um, honestly, I'm a bit confused here. Um, okay. okay. Because I'm hearing it's a lot about, I guess not so confused, right? It, it, I ponder if uh, everyone is saying that crypto.com is pulling out for regulatory concerns, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if they're pulling out for regulatory concerns, this and we're we're hearing more and more news of like let's take the U.S. government for example, right? Putting in more watchdogs, more um, more groups, whatever whatever phrase you want to call it to regulate crypto or come up with ideas to regulate crypto and whatnot, right? Like, is this all going to destroy crypto? I know that's always a common like people are very against regulation at times and people are very for regulation at times, right? But like in this sense, if the the head of the SEC is coming out and being like, hey, uh, most tokens are deemed securities or will be deemed securities, right? Mm-hmm. They can't mm-hmm. really be traded. Like, is all this going to ruin crypto? Um, well, that's a multi-part question. So I'm going to answer the first of part, course. which is um, like the regulatory concerns for crypto.com. Uh, I would start my argument by saying that's bullshit, right? <laughs> like uh, <laughs> you sang it. You didn't even just say it. Yeah, it it came from the it came from the heart that one. Beautiful I mean, heart. it's uh, you know, crypto.com. I mean, if if we're still if we weren't in this crazy mess, would they be pulling out of deals with regulatory concerns in a Probably couple not, countries no. if the Champions League is one of the most watched or viewed uh kind of sporting events in the world every single year? Nah, right? Like, no, um, on, on the larger point of regulation, um, regulation definitely will have an impact on the crypto market. It's gonna, it's gonna tank 
a lot of assets and tokens and things will go to zero. But it's like, it, again, it's like it's such a psychology thing. It's like whenever the market's bad or whenever crypto is in a bear cycle, uh, everything is going to zero. Yeah. Right. So it's like, uh, yeah, regulation is going to kill crypto. Right. And then I'll see you guys again in three years when you're talking about poopy coin. Right. <laughs> And how it's going to make you a million dollars and get you a freaking Lamborghini. I mean, that's that's how this market goes. It's like, if you look at like the total market cap of crypto, it's like, I don't know, just... Uh, Close to a trillion. It? Yeah, it's like a trillion. I think it hit like 1.7, 1.8. It's, 1.06 right now, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so small, dude, that any news just moves shit tremendously. So um, saying that things are securities when they're not, all the FUD that gets thrown out there, it tanks things, it moves things, but, you know, market makers love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that hold the coins love it, um, that, ha- that you know, the wells love it because they love to see how, like, how things move. The, they, you know, volatility is, a, is, a, is an opportunity for people. So, um, you know, the average investor will always be held holding the bag. You know all these things. Yeah, you, work, yeah. you work in trading. I mean, that's, that's just how... How these things go so it's my long long-winded response to uh the regulation. fraud the frauds at crypto.com and the, the larger regulate regulation landscape well uh, if crypto.com starts offering poopy coin then maybe that will maybe that will help their future <laughs> oh they'll offer poopy i don't know about poopy coin though <laughs> uh it's, it's funny that you say that though because gensler came out recently and said like uh and, and again this is like a something ripped from you know it's like a, a quote ripped from like uh a statement that he made that he basically didn't think uh, that crypto required any more regulation. I swear. I mean, and just so like in case anyone wasn't aware, I know I'm new to this, right? But uh, he's the head of the SEC. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, This guy is more uh, upside down than, you know. I hear different stuff from him like every week. Like sometimes like it's not that bad. Sometimes like, no, we need to regulate it. So like I I get confused, honestly. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And, and, you know, rely on one of the largest world governments and superpowers to actually do anything in a concise manner. Right. I'll see, I'll see, I'll see you regulation in four years or five years or whenever. Like if they just started talking about it now. Yeah. We'll see you. you Or if they do try to do it, it's going to, it's going to go terribly. I'll have, I'll have 10 kids by then. (laughs) (laughs) But see, okay. So I guess in terms of that, like the fear that I hear is, um, so like they, they sanctioned or whatever they want to call it. They sued XRP, right? Ripple. We were just talking about Ripple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ripple had to be delisted from all the exchanges, mm-hmm. right? Price tanks, whatever, whatever. So it's not necessarily even, even what they're saying. It's going to be like the, the, the immediate effect. Like if I, let's just own, like I have Ethereum. Yeah. And the SEC is like, no, this is a security. Like you can't trade this on this exchange anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting on Ethereum with no value essentially anymore. I can't even trade it. You can always trade it. You just can't trade it on centralized on the exchange. Exchanges. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You can you can trade it on decentralized exchanges. You can still get crypto on like things like, uh, I'm sorry, you can still get XRP on like some on of the, the dexes. Yeah, 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 and some of the dexes and KuCoin and stuff like that. I think. Deck, don't don't take my word on that one. I, that, that no, you can though. Me. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you can, yeah. yeah. Um. But like, um. Yeah. I mean. You know, like a lot of that, the the regular the regulation concerns came out with a lot of those coins. But and this was probably before your time, before you were following it. But like when the ICO wave was happening, mm-hmm. the initial coin offering, 
when they were treating coins and tokens like they were startups and people were just going nuts, like frenzy buying, you know, on Binance, uh, like, you know, like the seed rounds of like, mm-hmm. a, like, a, like a token launch. Um, a lot of those are what the SEC wanted to go after. And the, the one that they could actually sink their teeth into was, uh, was XRP uh, because they purported to do security related things right uh, which is oh, xrp do like a c like i didn't i didn't know that they did ico whatnot. yeah they, oh I, interesting okay. yeah yeah they were one of those back in the day that's okay, why they, they tried to go after ethereum they couldn't i mean it'd, it'd be crazy if they went back in time and, and did that but i guess you never know with them um <laughs> you never know man uh, government gonna government the government gonna government man hey you know what that might be the title for this pod we'll wow see. I always <laughs> wow i was able to come up with a possible title government gonna government sorry um, you do, man <laughs> you're replaced uh, <laughs> um one thing i'd like you to do do you have a, a web browser of course oh, okay so go into your web browser browser and type in the merge the google merge done what do you say I see Ethereum merge countdown two days, one hour, 32 minutes, two days, one hour, 32 minutes, folks, until the Ethereum merge is happening until that, uh, you know, faded day when things will finally be easier to transact on Ethereum. Um, praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. What a beautiful thing. Um, you look at the price action of Ethereum over the course of the past week it's up uh, 3.69%. I heard some crazy people say that they thought Ethereum would go up to 3K. Uh, that would have to happen pretty quickly. Uh, before almost, the merge? Is that Before is that the merge. Saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of the, you know, the thought and the analysis was like, Ethereum will go above 3,000 uh, and then will tank immediately yeah, after the merge. The right? Tank, yeah. A lot of people are saying that. I mean, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So interesting to see um, why, uh, you know, or how how the merge will help. Um, but, you know, and we, we did a whole episode on this, so we don't have to go over it crazy. Um, but, you know, Ethereum moving to, uh, to proof of stake um, is going to be monumental. Um, we'll see how it actually looks in implementation. But, uh, you know, there, there, there will be some issues, I think, initially that they're going to have to work out. But they're saying, hey, Ethereum is mature enough, right, um, to get to, um, to that point uh, where they feel confident enough to implement this. And um, really interested to see. I guess the next time we record, we will have a thought uh, or, or or some speculation on whether or not the price action moves for Ethereum. You have any initial inclinations or guesses on where you think Ethereum is going to go? Do you think it's going to go up or down after the merge? I feel like it's going to be around the same. I, I don't see any, <laughs> I, honestly, I don't see any substantial up, right? Because like, what do you essentially like? The news is already priced in. You know, yeah. something substantial would have to happen on the merge for it to go up, or it might just go down because it might be a lot of selling action. Yeah, you you took a really brave. <laughs> so so it's going down way. or it's staying, but it's, it's not going, going down up. or going or staying. It ain't going <laughs> up. Hey, I tell you what, if the CPA prints tomorrow, I guarantee you that shit's gonna go up, and then it's gonna go down, and then it's gonna go up again, and then it's gonna stay the same, but then it's gonna go down and go up. All right. So you mark my words here, folks. Non-financial advice going down, up, middle, 
back down, left, right, <laughs> and then you beat Mike Tyson uh, in, uh, in, in, in knockout. Yeah. So Cody with the jokes always, man. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I will find it. I, I do yeah. find it interesting, though, like just as a larger conversation. Yeah. How I can literally type the merge in Google and the everything that I'm getting results for is, is Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Like I would not have expected that. Like if I had done this like last year or like even two years ago, how likely would that have been? Well, you want me to tell you why? Why? Uh, some of the Google developers that work on the uh, Ethereum projects have uh, SEO'd um, the the keyword the merge. Damn. So here <laughs> I oh man, I take everything I said back. Okay, fine. Hey man, you know sometimes sometimes the wizard is you know he comes out from behind the curtain and he's an old balding fat man from Tennessee. What and he I talks to you about SEOs. And he talks to you about SEOs. It's crazy. <laughs> um. Last piece of news, um, and this should, this should be no surprise to anybody, uh, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, OpenSea is down over 90%. So typically when we get on this podcast, um, you know, there's like, there's some news about NFTs and then I like, I, I go to you and I'm like, Hey dude, NFTs are still a thing. And he's like, yeah, man, they're still a thing. Like, and he tells me about like a project or two or something like that. Um, I think what we saw um, over the course of like a month, um, uh, you know, like in the beginning of the year, you were seeing crazy, tremendous volume on on OpenSea, um, one of the you know one of the largest, I would say, the largest NFT exchange that's out there. Um, in July, they laid off twenty percent of their staff. You know, they're they're like a mid mid range company at this point. Um, and the volatility has been killing them. I think they're down in trading volume 90% since January. So the, uh, we had, I, I guess, a, a, t- a fellow technologist from my company that came on, um, uh, two of them actually, uh, a couple months back. Um, and we were kind of talking about blockchain technology and where we saw like use cases and stuff like that. And like one of the things that was nailed on was nfts what do you mean nailed on like a nailed on use case like okay. it, like it was like a use case that like we could actually see be, like people using okay, okay. It, right like blockchain yeah, yeah, yeah. okay um and it's funny that nfts and the <clears throat> volume of nfts has has been hit the hardest by the bear uh in the impending bear market maybe people just don't have the money to spend four hundred thousand dollars on a picture on the internet so i guess why do you find that surprising because like to me right i'm not really involved in nfts like that right but to me this just makes sense i don't find it surprising i actually (laughs) oh okay i thought you said surprise maybe i'm sorry i mean it's 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 surprising tongue-in-cheek right like okay okay it's surprising like you you stick your your willy inside the oven and you get burned right it's it's I mean, I still think the use case is there for NFTs. I just think that the craze of it, um, as money has exited the market, I think the the speculative, right, like the, the like the gold rush, the, the oil prospectors, right, that are you know gallivanting into the wild wild west, searching for the next big thing. A lot of those people have disappeared. Mm-hmm. Right, they went back to you know herding sheep and shit. Right, they, they, <laughs> like like Oregon Trail, like 
as that money left, at least what I speculate is that a lot of a lot of that that speculation on these things are are kind of drying up. You still have the premier projects, right? You still have mm-hmm. punks, you still have crypto kitties, you still have, you know, uh, your your board apes and stuff like that. But you know, some of these other newer mooted projects, um, yeah, they're 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 not uh, they ain't it as the kids say anymore. So yeah. You ever interested guess, in NFTs or I am, but it's just it's too overwhelming for me. I'm not even gonna lie. Like just understanding what projects may or may not work, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding really the full aspect of how to exactly mint it, um, and, and like the floors and everything involved with it, right? I, I know it's it's a ever changing thing. Mm-hmm. Um but overall as as a concept, I think NFTs are Great. Now, honestly, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna take over the world, right? Because like, the idea of owning a digital, unique um, footprint, right, or property, or whatever you want to call it, I think is very enticing to people, right? Just as someone who like, like, I know you play FIFA, right? Yep. Um, how often do you wish that your FIFA player could have like a different hairstyle, or boots, or jersey, or kit, or like whatever you want to call it? Yeah. And we see that constantly in like Fortnite or like all of these things. Right? And that's just in the gaming sector. Like if, if we look at it from a larger perspective, I think this is going to take off. But again, this is this is more so my opinion. Right? I just think this is like a lot of crypto and NFTs are just being pushed onto people forcibly and no one ever really likes that. That's why I've, I personally, from my, my perspective, have seen a lot of pushback over crypto. Like we know people who are like, oh, it's crypto or NFTs a scam, right? Or like, why would I even put my money into this or anything like that? So yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's very interesting to see how how money is kind of pushing different kinds of money onto us, and it may not make the most sense, right? But big money sees new money and is like, hey, we can make even more money off of this. Yep. And I just made myself a riddle. So big bank eat little bank, mm. as they say all the time, right? Uh, interesting thing, Anish, if you have um, hundred and twenty grand, um, oh you yeah, can buy a board ape. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, the floor price is now seventy three bucks. Actually, really, uh, kind of crazy thing. The um, the price of uh, of board apes is down. Freaking man, sixty percent. Yeah, I was looking at the the floor price. It said for board ape yacht club, right? Yep. It was one hundred fifty three ETH of a floor in April. It's seventy two now, so that's over fifty percent. Man, oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. That's actually enticing. Oh, oh, who's paying 153 ETH for an NFT, dude? People that want to uh, hang out in, on yachts around the world and uh, go to studios with like, uh, I forget who it was, like Pharrell or something like that. So safe to say people who don't know about the merge, huh? <laughs> people that don't know about the merge. <laughs> people that don't know about the merge, man. Um, yeah, interesting. I guess, uh, yeah, it's, listen guys, it's been an, it's been an interesting September. Uh, it's so great to be back talking crypto with you guys. If anyone still cares, if you were, if anyone's out there and you hear this message, crypto is alive, new kids are alive and we'll be here for you at least every other couple of weeks for sure. That's a guarantee. Uh, Anish, like, how did you, uh, how did you, how did you feel like your first uh, podcast uh, performance here? What are your, uh, what are your initial thoughts? You know, um, I, I enjoyed 
thank you very much. I just want to shout out my teammates. You know, <laughs> it was a great job. I, I couldn't do it without the help of my teammates, uh, especially Fody. Um, thank it's you to <laughs> thank you to Yoda or Yidu or however you like to to be known as. Right. Um, I know he got COVID, so just shout out to him, man. I hope you're doing all right. Yeah. Uh, I hope you're not mad. Yeah. yeah, I hope you're not mad that I started asking some questions and making some jokes in in your behalf. Um, but overall, man, this was a great experience. Thank thank you really for having me. I hope you guys enjoyed and hope hope to be back another time. Would you do it again? Yes. All right. We'll see you guys again next week with Anish, the new full time member of the New Kids on the Block podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was so fast. Uh, anything to say in closing, Anish? Uh, stay safe. Stay. Uh, stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. And with that, <laughs> stay- <laughs> we'll see maybe you next that, maybe time. Maybe that could be the title right there. Stay safe. Stay safe. And with that, we'll see you again next time. Stay safe out there, Space Cowboys. See ya. What is on the street? You found someone. I guess now it goes to dominance.